God's provision for your journey. God's provision for your journey. Early this year, we have been looking at the topic, going far and how and fast. Going very far and going very fast. And this evening, we'll be considering the topic, what is his provision for this journey? Hallelujah. You know, when you're about to travel, you will definitely, I mean, prepare for that journey. You will pack all your bags, everything you will need for it. And I see God also, you know, making provisions for this journey that has already started. Hallelujah. Amen. God's provision for your journey. Amen. And for every man ever before he begin to step out of his house, he already knows where he is going. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen a man who is going out of his house and he said he is traveling? He is embarking on a journey and you ask him to where? He said, I don't know. Hallelujah. He already knows where he is going. Amen. And for our God, he has a destination at heart for each and every one of us where he has actually, I mean, where he's actually taking us to. And this evening, we'll be looking at three major provisions of God for our journey. Number one, God's plan. God's plan. God's path and his presence. These are three key provisions that God will always make known to any man he's setting on a journey. Amen. He has a plan. He has a path. And he is going to go with that man by his presence. He will go with that man by his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And very important that we know and understand what the plans of God, of the plan of God is for every life. And, of course, for our lives. Amen. So that while you were going to travel fast and far, you will not be going contrary to what his plan for you is. Amen. He has already decided the plan. And for that plan to be achieved, he has a part. And to the glory of God, that he is not going to leave us alone. Amen. And every time he is setting any man on a journey, he always assures them, my, my, my presence will go with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you. Even to the disciples, he said, unto the end of the age, I will go with you. And the presence of God is so, also very important very cardinal that we cannot afford to miss it. Hallelujah. We cannot afford to lose his presence. I discovered that most of the times when a man is living without the presence of God, it is not that God is not willing to be with him. Because for him he has promised, I will be with you. But I discovered that most of the time, most of the time we are the ones that actually go out of God. Perhaps travel far ahead of him. Just as what happened in Luke chapter 2, when Jesus' parent, the Bible says they had traveled far, two days' journey, and they never knew that God was not in their midst. 
Hallelujah. May we not lose his presence on this journey of the, with the speed of going fast and far. May we not lose his presence in the name of Jesus. His presence is not an elective at all for every child of God that will ever succeed. You know, sometimes when I see a Christian becoming afraid of everything, when he sees cockroach, he's afraid. When he sees little manifestations of demonic forces, he's afraid. It only tells me that he has lost the presence of God. Praise the Lord. Now, you will bear me witness that when you actually enjoy God's presence, the issue of victory was never your worry. You began to be fearful and be afraid of what is happening around you because you are no longer sure of his presence most of the times. Hallelujah. Amen. So every time God is engaging any man on any journey, one thing he will never leave him without is his presence. Now, when you see the life of Joshua after the death of Moses, he said to him, he said, as I was with Moses, so I will also be with you. As I was with Moses, I will also be with you. And one of the things that Satan is always fighting to make sure that he gets rid of his destiny. Hallelujah. Because with the presence of God around you, your victory is sure. Your provisions, they are certain. Everything that you ever need for life and godliness, him being with you is a guarantee. And I came to discover that even if it looks as if there is a lack, even if it looks as if there is a problem in the midst of God's presence, it is only a contribution to your destiny. Whenever he allows it. Hallelujah. It is only what? A contribution to your destination. Hallelujah. Amen. We saw, we saw that Moses, when God was going to send him, that mission was very important. But Moses knew that the work is not as important to him as the presence of God. He did not move until God assured him of his presence. Even while we are already making progress, can I beg you this evening, that at whatever point you sense his presence is not there, pause and ensure that he is with you. Or else you would have traveled far, just like Joseph and Mary only to discover that you have only traveled without his presence. And what happened to these two people? They had to turn back. Amen. They had to turn back and trace where they lost that presence and had contact with it again, and then they made progress. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll be looking at the life of Abraham, the life of Moses, and the life of Joshua about how much the presence of God actually offered them and how much successful they become. Not because of their connection, not because of anything, just as we were singing. Men may not know what he means to you, 
But with him, victory is sure. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I say with him, victory is sure. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And every time Satan is trying to isolate a man from God's presence, can I say to you that his isolation is just for one reason, to be able to attack without your covering, without the one that is able to give you victory. Amen. Now, when you look at the life of Abraham, can we quickly look at Genesis chapter 12? Genesis chapter 12. When you look at Genesis chapter 12, you discover that from verse 1, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham, and he said to him, leave your country, leave your kindred, unto a land I will show you. Hallelujah. Leave your people, your kindred, all your inheritance, leave them unto a land who will show him now. The Lord will show him. And he obeyed. Now, my surprise is, he didn't even know where he was going. Just like I said before, that every man that is embarking on a journey actually have an idea of where he is going. But this man didn't know where he was going. But he started moving. And the Lord at every point was guiding him. And when you come to chapter 13, you will discover that in verse 9, that man that God instructed to live where he was, in Genesis chapter 13, verse 9, can you please put it up? Genesis 13, verse 9. You discover that that man became so blessed that even his blessing began to cause him trouble. Hallelujah. The Bible says, verse 9, is not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go the right. Or if thou wilt depart to the right, to the right hand, then I will go to the left hand. Now, this was the experience between Abraham and Lot. A man who left his father's land without anything but with obedience and the presence of God. God led him to a land he knew not of. And in that land, the Bible says, he became so much blessed that his headsmen and Lord Hesman began to have misunderstanding of the measure of blessing they have experienced. Hallelujah. I just want us to trace some of those men that enjoy God's presence and the benefit they receive from it. God keep assuring this man, even when he came to chapter 15, verse 1, he began to complain because of childlessness. And he said, I go childless. Genesis chapter 15 verse 1. And the Lord, the Lord appeared unto him and he said, I am thy shield. I am thy exceedingly great reward. Hallelujah. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, Sorry, fear not, Abraham, for I am thy shield. I am thy exceedingly great reward. And in verse 2, Abraham began to say, What will you give me? Seeing that I go childless. Now imagine Abraham having this man with him. Still complaining of his needs. Amen. And when you go down to chapter 16. 
you discover that quickly because of his need he he found an alternative and i like to say that as long as we always have an alternative to our need the possibility of losing him is very sure hallelujah because god who has promised i will never leave you i will never forsake you he expects us that we will trust him wholeheartedly just like recently we were studying and we came to understand that we need to trust god and take him by his word and in that chapter 16 you discover that in the alternative that moses carved for himself actually he had a child and perhaps you may call it prosperity but what he received outside God's provision was never an addition to his life. It only caused him trouble. Hallelujah. While we are going on this journey with him, may we not at any point begin to see alternative that we can make for ourselves, but rather wholeheartedly depending on him in the name of Jesus. Now, when you come to the end of chapter 16, I think that's verse 22. Can we get it, please? Of Genesis chapter 16. Genesis chapter 16. Can you give it to us? Genesis 16. When you look at the last two verses, the Bible says, And Hagar bare Abraham a son, and Abraham called his name, I mean, called his son name, which Hagar bore Ishmael. And Abraham was eight score and six years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. Now, four score and six years. Some versions will put it as 86 years old. Now, when you come to verse 17 of the same Genesis, you discover that the Bible says, and Abraham was how many years old? Sorry? 90 years old and nine, 99 years, and the Lord appeared before him and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Some version says, walk thou before me and be blameless. You discover that there is already an accident. There is already a fault. And God is now introducing himself to him again as the almighty now walk before me and be thou blameless. And between 86 and 99 is 13 solid years that the Bible never recorded what was his progress on that journey. Hallelujah. 13 years of wasted years. Amen. You see, in this journey, God himself is too committed Unto you and never to fail. Amen. Amen. For him, he said, I will never leave you. It's a promise. And I will never forsake you. Amen. Abraham eventually needed to retrace his step back. And when you read the previous chapter, I mean, the following chapters again, you discover that the Lord indeed blessed him again and again. Now, when you lose God's presence, everything, everything becomes frightening and threatening to your life. 
It's just like a man who has no security. Amen. You know, when there is no security, maybe you are sleeping in a house without a door, you are bound to be afraid. But when the security is tight, you even sleep and snore. Hallelujah. Another man who look at is Joshua. Very importantly, I discover that when you look at Joshua chapter 37 from verse 21, after he had his dream of what God was communicating to him, being the plan of what God is trying to make out of him. Amen. The Bible says his brothers hated him for it. You see, in this journey, some may choose to hate you, even those that ordinarily should have loved you. They are not your focus. Who is your focus here? God. Hallelujah. They are not your focus. God here is your focus because he is the one that you need at every point of this journey, at every point of the way. Now, when you come to verse 27, I mean, 27, Genesis 37, verse 27 to 28. Can we have it quickly? Media, please, I would like you to help me because we'll look at a few scriptures just to help our understanding. Genesis 37, 27. Yes, the Bible says, this was the statement of his brothers. Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hands be upon him. For he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were contained with that statement. Now, he had his dream. But his dream was not going to become a reality in his father's house. First, it was that he needed to be sold as a slave. Now, the part that God might have designed for you unto your greatness, it may not appear as something that is attractive. But actually, the part shouldn't be your concern. The most important thing is where he's taking you to. And regardless of how people may choose to judge the path with which we are treading now. Honestly, that shouldn't be your concern. Your concern is, Lord, where you are taking me to. Hallelujah. His brothers first, they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Now the Ishmaelites took him to Egypt. And they sold him again to who? Huh? To Potiphar. Now they keep selling him and selling him and selling him. And honestly, can I say to you that all of this, even though for Joseph, it was nothing to enjoy. They were only providing him transportation into his destiny. Hallelujah. They were only, you see, all of this were contribution into the realization of that which God had purposed before. For him to become. You know when. His brothers took message back to. Their father Jacob. And said. Perhaps an animal. Devoured him. And they even brought an evidence of his clothes. Of many colors. 
killed an animal, rubbed it on it, and came and showed his father. The Bible says his father mourned. Mourned over the Joseph that never died. Hallelujah. Now, Joseph, first in Potiphar's house. Can you look at verse 36 of Genesis 27? Now, this is a man that was sold by his brothers as a slave. Hallelujah. And he was sold again to another person, also as a slave. Verse 36, please. Verse 36 of Genesis 37. Genesis 37, verse 36. The Bible says, And the Midianites sold him to, sold him into Egypt, unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's captain. I mean, of Pharaoh's and captain of the guard. Hallelujah. Now, look at the way God is orchestrating Joseph's step. That he was sold not just to anyhow person, but someone that is going to contribute to his coming to the palace eventually. That was the captain of Pharaoh's guard. Joseph was sold to. Now, when you look at that, the Bible says, even Joseph in Pharaoh's house, the Bible says, the Lord was with him. Praise God. The Lord was with him. Amen. In Pharaoh's house, the Lord was with him. Genesis chapter 39. I like to read from here. Genesis 39, from verse 1. I like to read from here. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down hither. And the Lord was with who? With Joseph. And he was what? A prosperous man. Now, I'd like you to pay attention to that. How do you define a prosperous man who is a slave? A slave that has moved from one hand to another. The Bible says God was with him. God was not just with him. He was a prosperous man. Can I say to you that a man without God, no matter how prosperous he is, he has not seen true prosperity. Ask Jacob. Jacob was already blessed. When you come to Jacob's experience with his struggle with the angel, you remember that when the angel touched his socket, he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. But I thought that man was already blessed. Regardless of how blessed you may think a man is, aside God, Those are blessings that added sorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't envy a man who is blessed outside God. Because his blessing has no security. There is no assurance of passing on that blessing to several generations. And you discover that when the Lord blessed Jacob, eventually his blessings became generational. A man that is conscious 
of God's presence. Amen. The Bible says he was a prosperous man. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to do what? To prosper in his hands. God was with him. So much such that anything he touches will prosper. When God is with a man, everything he ever needs to make that thing work is God's responsibility. Hallelujah. And even his master knew that this boy, God is with him. Why? Because anything he does at all, it prospers. Hallelujah. And when you look at verse 4, and the Bible says, And Jacob found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, he put it in his care. And it came to pass from that time that he had made him overseer in his house, and all, over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Jacob's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had, in the house and in the field. That the blessing of God that rested upon Potiphar's household was not only in the house, even the things he had in the field. Just because of one man. A man that has no inheritance. He's not even I mean, sure of inheriting anything from his father. A man that probably all that he had is, is, is one cloth that he's wearing every day. I mean, a slave. May we become rich in possessing God who possess all things in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. May we become rich on daily basis. Become so conscious of possessing God who has the ability and who actually everything, the Bible says, the, the, the cattle upon a thousand hill belongs to him. Amen. Amen. That man never joke with God's presence at every point. A slave. And when you look at chapter, yeah, when you look at that to verse 7 and then verse 12, verse 7, the Bible says, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. You see, how can the wife of the chief guard, the captain of Pharaoh's guard, his wife, if maybe, maybe, maybe like the chief of army staff, the wife of the chief of army staff in our present day is attracted to a slave. I mean, that God was so much with him and he found favor before every man, in the eyes of every man, so much such that Mrs. Potiphar prefer a slave to her husband. What a favor. In measure. Hallelujah. You, you don't get it. That a slave is so much blessed that men in authority hallelujah. Amen. 
But you discover that the Bible says on daily basis, day by day, this woman kept troubling this boy. And one day, because the boy has been refusing, she went and grabbed his coat. And he said, today you must. And the Bible says, and Joseph ran away, leaving his coat in her hand. As if to say, you see, for Joseph, he has seen, you know, he saw the dream. But he did not see Mrs. Potiphar in the plan of God. And he could say, well, you can take my coat, but you cannot steal my dream. And you cannot take my God. May God bring us to that point where we will have no alternative to God and his presence. On this journey of going far and fast. In the name of Jesus. He released it and he ran out naked. And I can imagine how Mrs. Potiphar would have cried to her husband and said, the slave boy you brought from Israel, see what he has done to me. And immediately they arrested him. I was just meditating and I, I can imagine what Joseph's song will be when he was running. And he could say, I am going fast and far. My dream must not waste. I'm going fast and far. I'm going fast and far. My dream must not waste. I'm going fast and far. He ran away. He did not allow this woman to waste his dream. He did not allow this woman to waste the plan of God for his life. You can take my gold. You can't take my God. Regardless of what I possess that you may choose to take today, go with it. And that is why Abraham could say to Lot, why should there be quarrel between you and I? If you choose to go this way, go. No problem. You just go. And do you know after that time, the Bible says the Lord blessed Abraham again. And where Lot went to was a very dangerous zone, Sodom and Gomorrah, where eventually he almost lost his life. It was Abraham again that came to deliver him. You remember? A man that possessed God and understands God's presence. Praise the Lord. Now, when this young man was in the prison, it will interest you that the Bible says the Lord was with him. And he was a prosperous. You see, I began to ask, why should the Bible keep emphasizing on his prosperity regardless of where he is? How can somebody, I, I can understand if he was prosperous in Potiphar's house. At least once in a while he goes out. But a man that is locked up in prison, the Bible says he was a prosperous man. And you discover that that man, the Lord was with him. He was a prosperous man. And not too long, he was appointed to take charge of the prison affair. And the Bible says, 
And the prison officers left everything in his hand. Somebody that was never employed for that job. A prisoner. Praise the Lord. May we enjoy such measure of God's presence. Where even what appears like failure, you could still see success in them. You know, if you are to define the state of this young man, a man in the prison, I mean, he's already a failure. But we could still see him succeeding. Praise the living Jesus. And the Lord was with him. And again, to remind you that all of this, all of these things, God was aware it was part of God's plan. So for you that may be saying, and this year we are going fast and far, and certain things are not yet happening, and this, that, that, this, and all of that. All you need to know is to be sure and ask God, Lord, this thing happening, is it also part of your plan? And if it is, just go through it. Praise the living Jesus. So you discover that, very honestly, how do you think a slave that left Israel would have ended up, would have ended up in, in the palace? Who will give him the contact? But God knows what he was doing. He had problem with the chief of army staff. He arrested him and he thought it was the end of the road. He never knew that was a pointer to his destination. Hallelujah. And you remember the story that happened in the prison. How the king's warden who also committed some crime were also arrested. They took them to the prison. And how they met Joseph. They went back. You know, all of that. And eventually, the king, now he had a dream. And he needed someone to interpret that dream. Hallelujah. And that was how Joseph found himself. Where? In the palace. That was Joseph, how Joseph found himself in the palace. Now when you look at Genesis chapter 41, verse 15 and 16. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment, and he came in unto Pharaoh. Do you see where he was? In a dungeon, yet prosperous, possessing God. Verse 15, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard, I have, I have heard say of thee, that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. You know, if it were some of us, you say, yes, that's my calling. I can interpret dreams. What dreamest thou? 
Hallelujah. You know, I see God testing Joseph with success. Hmm? He succeeded here. He handled it well. He succeeded here. He handled it well. You see, one of the reasons why sometimes some of us cannot assess greater success is because of the way we handled the previous one. Praise God. Where God gave you small success like this, ah, the glory around you, you, the way you advertised yourself, and the God who was doing that was silence. Praise the Lord. God had tested Joseph with series of success, and he could give him greater one, test him again, give him another, test him again, give him another. And I like to add that, you see, God's lifting for you will not go beyond your immediate environment. It starts from there. Even if you are in business now, he will first of all raise you in that business to another level. To another level. So never you think God is going to lift you in what you have not even touched. What you have not even experienced yet. Fine, it may come, but most of the time, it is just a rare, rare part of God taking a man from where he is to another level. Where you are now, you need to prove some level of faithfulness. You need to prove some level of commitment. And you need to prove some level of diligence. Because when you see the life of this young man, at every point, he was diligent. Even from keeping his father's flocks up to Potiphar's house, up to the prison life, he was very meticulous and very committed. And God was lifting him on each of those platforms. May the Lord give us every grace we need that will necessitate his lifting on that very platform he has placed you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. A man that was so jealous of God's presence, he will not trade it for anything, regardless of what you may be offering him. Amen. Regardless of what you may be offering him. And again, I repeat that the only target of the devil is not your gold. Though he may be attacking your gold, but it's actually to take your God. He may be attacking your business. It's actually to, to get to read of his presence. And he knows, you see, a man or any child of God who has lost the presence of God very soon, he will only become a piece of bread in his enemy's hands. Because without his presence, how will you fight? Your security is gone. The one that can give you word of wisdom, word of knowledge, what you should, you should do, what you should not do, when you should retreat, when you should fire. He is not there. You see, you will expose your chest without a covering. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord indeed will take us fast and far on this journey and his presence will not be lacking in the name of Jesus. And I discovered that the journey of Joseph was actually faster. He left his father's house at what age? 
at the age of 17 was when he was sold as a slave. And he was in Potif- if you If you look at if you look at the passage we just read, um, verse 23, sorry, verse 15 and 16, and then 17. The Bible says, And Pharaoh said unto him, In my dream, behold, I saw all of this. Now, if you read it downward, you will discover that Joseph was actually 30 years old. 30 years old when he assumed that position. So, in between 17 and 30 is how many years? 13. Now, let me ask you, civil servants. When you graduate, ever before you can even dream of becoming a PAMSEC, how many years? How many years, ma? Ever before you think a graduate can become a PAMSEC, he would have served no less than at least 25 years. If he is very fast, Abby. But see a boy that it took him only 13 years, 11 years in Potiphar's house, two years in the prison. The next thing we heard was that they paraded him around as the prime minister. Now, chapter 41, verse 38. I'd like you to look at this man's testimony. Verse 38, the Bible says, And Pharaoh said to his servant, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom the Spirit of God is? And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. And thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be what? Be ruled. Can you imagine? This king is having a council, and he's putting everything in one man. He said, according to your word, the whole nation will be ruled. Look, when you possess God, you cannot tell. Look, even only you, one, one, you like this can overrun the entire nation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What skill? Skill is very important too. In fact, this guy actually learned a lot under Potiphar, you know, in the prison. He learned leadership. God was providing those opportunities for him. He was leading people, even though they were prisoners. You see, And all of these things we have looked at now was actually in the purpose of God from the beginning. And what we saw being played out in chapter 41 of Genesis, I mean in chapter 41 of the book of Genesis, was actually what God originally intended Joseph to become. Hallelujah. The prime minister of Egypt. And as at that time, that was the fastest growing economy. A boy of 30 years old who was raised in Egypt for just 13 years. And I don't even think for you to be an indigenous of any nation. How many years is it? Sorry? 
Is it 10 years? I think it depends on the country. But just within 13 years, he was not only a citizen, he became a prime minister. And not only that, look, the king said, I don't even want to concern myself about the leadership of this nation. The people will be ruled by what you say. A man that possesses God from the beginning. What is it that you are losing now? And you are perhaps crying and thinking you have lost so much. As long as you have not lost God, you have lost nothing. The one that has all things and in him everything exists. And all that you ever need to have all your needs meet, as long as you possess him, you have lost nothing. May we be conscious of this at every point on our journey and be conscious of his presence and be conscious of what he is saying to us at every point in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord tested him, tried him at every point. You know, he, he, he prepared every level of his trial as a lifting, as a stepping stone to another level. It appears like a trial, but they were just a, a stepping stone. A stepping stone. And he kept moving, kept depending on God, kept holding God tenaciously, kept being conscious of God's presence. And the more he was growing, the more God was lifting him until he became he came to the fullness of that purpose and plan of God for his life. I pray that that purpose and plan of God for us, for the year 2018, every form of Potiphar and his wife, they will fail in the name of Jesus. Every siblings, you see some people might appear like brothers. But they are actually there to kill. His own brothers. You see, and it touches my heart that a dream that this guy is still struggling to understand. They quickly said to him, they said, do you mean you will become? You see, sometimes your enemies understand your dream more than you do. And they can interpret it better. You are the one that may still be thinking, is this what God is saying? Is that what God is saying? But they, they already know. And that is why the moment you are taking a step, you are seeing one attack or the other. Then you are now wondering, hey, who am I? This mommy. Who said you are small? They know where or they have an idea with what they are seeing now. If we leave this one person, she will overrun this nation. But the Lord will confound them. In the name of Jesus. And we will go fast. And we will go far. In him. In the name of Jesus. Can you just rise up on your feet as we talk to God this evening. I will do know. What he is saying to you. I will do know. If at any point. It appears as if. You are no longer conscious. Of his presence. Can you just talk to God. 
I like you to talk to God. I like you to talk to God. Your presence is more than anything to me. Your presence is more than anything to me. Your presence is more than anything to me. All that God was calling Joseph to become all played out in Egypt. All starting from being a shepherd, a prisoner, a slave, a servant. What is it that is beginning to rob you of God's presence? You know it. It could be business. It could be a relationship. You know, you can recall when you started that thing, that was when you sense that his presence is no longer evident. Can you trace it back there? Moses cried to God. He said, don't even send me if you will not go with me. And God assured him. He said, I will go with you. Abraham knew that his presence is incomparable. It's not an alternative to anything he could ever possess. hungry Joseph as a slave at some point in the pit. How can you describe that man within 13 years? Within 13 years. Look at the speed with which he traveled so fast and far into a land he was never an indigent only to become the prime minister. And he ruled that land single-handedly without Pharaoh. Would you cry to God and say, Lord, nothing. Nothing must, must subjugate that which you have purposed for me. Even friends that may seem to appear as such but they don't have the, my best interest at heart. Lord Jesus disconnect me with them. In Jesus name we have prayed.